Welcome to the Health Admin Life Podcast. My name is Brooke, and I'm going to interview special guests to explore the vast career opportunities in health administration. Whether you're a clinical professional, a corporate worker, a student, or a patient yourself, this podcast is for everyone. Get ready to be inspired. Hello, current and future healthcare leaders. Welcome to the Health Admin Life Podcast. My name is Brooke, and today I would like to welcome Edward Stringfellow, CEO of a healthcare IT company. Edward, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are? Sure, I'd be happy to. Thank you for having me on today. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk with folks that are that are involved in the industry and obviously helping to make it better. Um, so, so our role, we, we think, in, in helping to make it better. Um, I started a what was what in 2005 was called a managed service provider, but today um, we really focus on just providing healthcare IT services to typically multi-location, like spe- in specialty groups um, that have typically under a hundred providers. So um, think of your primary care physicians, mm-hmm. uh, regional groups, and stuff like that. None don't really work with, with hospital systems directly or hospital-owned stuff. But, but today, we're, we are in the trenches supporting, directly supporting um, providers and, and admin staff and all those types of things day in and day out. That is wonderful. And can you tell us a little bit more about maybe what your position entails or a little bit more about the company or both? For sure. So I started, um, I went to Vanderbilt University here in Nashville, Tennessee, where I still live. Um, so I went to Vanderbilt, and during my time at Vanderbilt, I, I ended up working on the IT help desk, right? And so we did a whole bunch of support for the medical center at that time. Um, and so I ended up on the phone doing help desk calls with, with lots of providers and physicians and helping them and, and really enjoyed that. Um, fast forward, got a job as an IT director. Um, for a non-healthcare company, but a pretty large business in Austin, Texas, and did that for a couple of years. And and it turns out I was pretty good at at managing IT and planning and strategy and those types of things. Um, But I I really, my passion is really for helping people. And so came back to Nashville um, and started what is Stringfellow Technology Group, right? And so, you know, our whole goal was always to work with groups you know, and provide strategy and budgets, just like it was our own business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we looked up one day and over half our clients were healthcare providers. It wasn't always that way. We're in Nashville, Tennessee, which is a little bit known as it for, for the healthcare industry that it has, that it has here. Um, and so we really shifted just basically a focus only on healthcare IT. Um, okay. And so, you know, today we're supporting groups in about 35 states, I think. Wow. So 35 states. Mostly in the southeast, but but we do California and we do New York. So I guess all all over the country, um, we're we're trying to help people, you know, be more productive and be more secure. Um, so that's and, and that's what. And we're in 2023, so so we've been doing this for Almost, over 15 years. Yeah, getting close to about 20 years. That is wonderful. Sure. And I know you're mostly an IT company working with healthcare providers, companies, and maybe a question going off of that is what would you say where do you see the company going in the future i know this isn't a question that i asked before but i'm definitely curious yeah well so so it used to be technology um it supported a business but if the technology didn't work the business went on so think about charting so you know not 15 years ago we had paper charts Mm -hmm. You know, our scheduling was pre- it was on paper. So all, you know, your, your practice admins, they kind of, they could, fun- you know, if the email went down, it, it like didn't, I mean, it was, it, was, it was kind of annoying, but it didn't really matter. Well, today, 
you know, if our EHR goes down, our lab system goes down, or, or any of these things, like the, the, the practice cannot function. So, um, you know, I think technology, what's changed a lot is technology is really the glue, the glue, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm a technology provider, so we look at everything through that lens. But the reality is, if you don't have a good technology strategy and it's not working well, like typically your practice is not going to function very efficiently either. Right. completely agree and I think that's something that we might lack in the industry honestly is a lot of healthcare leaders we go into the field because we want to help people some people end up getting um, cybersecurity degrees IT uh, computer science degrees engineering but that's not usually the focus you go in to lead people sometimes companies yes um, but I think we definitely need to focus more on how we can improve our healthcare delivery when it comes to IT and integration sure. and interoperability um, and making it safer for patients. So I think that this is a fantastic company and I think more people should go into this line of work. But maybe from your perspective, has there been something that you've really liked about working with healthcare for healthcare in this space? Sure. Yeah, I, I think to your point, you know the folks that that are that are drawn to healthcare. They want to help people, and not necessarily they want to fix computers or, or mess with that kind of stuff. And so, I think what can be very very rewarding, though, just like any specialist. So when I don't feel well, I go I go to a doctor who knows more than me, and I, I'm assuming it's very rewarding when they I describe my symptoms and they say, oh yeah, I know exactly, and they give me you know what they tell me what to do, and then I, you know then I, then I get get better, right? And so I'm assuming that's why they do that. It's rewarding to them. It's really no different for us in technology. We have a set of skills, tools, experience, and knowledge that we, over time, have seen how to apply it mm-hmm. to these healthcare settings, and and the results, you know, the results are great, right? Like, so we can go, you know, scheduling is a good example of this. Like when it's not automated correctly, you know, people are missing appointments and it's a real pain. But like with the proper workflows and technology, all of a sudden, the scheduling. I mean, it's a small example, but then all of a sudden patient flow is so much smoother and if there is issues we can move around it and it makes for everybody's day better you know we don't ever we don't want waiting rooms backed up 20 deep we don't want it to be like super complicated to reschedule your appointment and those kinds of things and so technology can enable like like that's at the front end of of kind of care and delivery um you know and at the back end like how are we following up with patients how are we making sure that the things that we saw and did like how do we follow up and um, connected devices, so you know the Apple Watch and all of this yeah. different, you know these connected devices. All of a sudden, like with proper implementation, like you don't have to drive back to the clinic for me to, you know, do my follow up because the, you've got this connected device that'll just send the vitals over and I can read them. It's just better for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think COVID, COVID really pushed a lot of this. This the, if you want to think about technology forward, because we were forced to figure this stuff. Yep, out. it accelerated it. Really think about it. like telemedicine. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, that's cool. Well, all of a sudden, it was either you figured out some way to do telemedicine, or you like shut, you know, pieces of your practice down. Yes, and even now, it's like home health is huge, but even now they're transferring inpatient hospitalized care to the home, which is similar but yeah. different. Um, so it is a need, yeah. and it's not going away. Um, so this is a great line of work, and maybe thinking too, you got into it and it maybe kind of fell into your lap where you went to a school that had a great medical reputation, you found your connections, but people who are aspiring to go into healthcare IT, 
do you have any recommendations, maybe classes, sure. how to make connections, anything like that? So the world today, if you want to learn anything, YouTube, right? I don't know where, know where this shows up, but it'll show up on something, you know, similar to that. And so, so learning today, um, you can learn about anything you want, including healthcare IT, mm -hmm. right? And so I would suggest that, um, you know, obviously, you know, watching things like this, but, but specifically with technology, I mean, Microsoft's a big provider, right? They have the Microsoft Mechanics series. So you, you, you know, just type that in YouTube, it'll pop up. Um, I, I would suggest if you want to get into it, there's, there's, two, there's two kind of paths. One is I really, you know, I think cloud and all of the enable, you know, cloud services and learning all of that new technology, I think that can be very helpful. Candidly, if you're really tech oriented, you're going to want to work with a tech provider, right? Um, the challenge is, I mean, obviously this is our model, so we're biased, but the reality is under kind of 100 providers, non-hospital owned, I mean, you need to find a good technology partner. Building those skills in-house, that's just not, it's kind of like accounting, right? We all do some level of accounting in-house or revenue cycle management or, you know, all, all these different pieces. But the reality is for most of what we would call your back office functions, you're going to have some type of partner yeah. um, unless you're really, really large, mm -hmm. right? And so, but to get into the IT field, um, you know, you start on YouTube, look at local companies in your area. If you just type in MSP, there'll be a whole list of them. Um, depending you know where you are in your career and age internships are a great way to you know trust me we get calls all the time and, and we have an internship program and it's great because you, you you know you get an exposure to the different areas and it'll help you figure out what you like too technology is really broad i mean it goes it starts at help desk support and it goes all the way to ehr and clinical applications and coding so there's just this huge spectrum um you know my advice to an aspiring healthcare IT person, data and analytics are huge. Like, so I would go and do, and you can, there's a hundred, a hundred online, you know, kind of courses you can go through around data and analytics. So I would go learn Power BI and, and, and look at, because this, the volume of information we have, I think you mentioned this earlier, like healthcare hasn't necessarily kept up on the tech side. Mm -hmm. There's all this data available and, and, and our providers and our practices really aren't making decisions based on the data because they don't have they don't have good insight into it. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense. And maybe two things about big companies, they don't always have the answers. And maybe from your perspective, too, you decided to create your own company, go the entrepreneurial route rather than working for, let's say, a large hospital. Maybe what was your decision in that process? Or do you have recommendations for people going into this field to work on either side? Sure. So first of all, one is not better than the other. Um, there's some, when I, I got an MBA and there was a big debate in the class, you know, are entrepreneurs, you know, are they made or are they, are they, they have some disposition, you know, are they born or are they made? And, and so I think entrepreneurship, there's this, a little bit of a culture of, well, anybody can be an entrepreneur and that's, that is true. Anybody can. And there's a certain set of skills to run a business and entrepreneurs that you can learn. But um, if I, you know, no matter how bad I would want to be a professional athlete in any of the, in, in any of our professional leagues, like there's no amount of training and practice that, that, that I'm going to get there. I mean, you got to have some, just a net, like a natural fire to compete, right? Like you're going to need some basic stuff that you build on um, to, to do those types of things. So I would say that's, that's also a little bit with, and not that you couldn't, there's stories all the time, but, but the entrepreneurial route, if, if you find yourself on it, great, and find good mentors and talk with other folks about, hey, you know, like if that's naturally where you're at, do those things. And then, again, it's all about 
product and service fit. So I, I really enjoy helping people. I think healthcare is important. So for me, it was kind of natural to, to get into that. On the flip side, it's like, no, nah, I'm not really an entrepreneur, but I love helping people. And I'm great with, you know, I'm great with computers. Um, well, well, good. Go find an IT firm, larger hospitals. I mean, they have IT departments. They are, I don't remember the exact numbers, but making it up. I mean, there's something like a couple hundred thousand open IT positions, I think just in Nashville. So, so the IT industry is, is starved for new talent. And so, you know, you could go the opposite way and go look at, you know, hey, I like data and analytics and go kind of figure out, or I like more cloud and software and, or, or systems and networks. And, but kind of you can go down those two paths, and, and I promise you the job will be there when you're ready. Yes, I like you said, there's no wrong answer, and I appreciate your perspective on this too because I think a lot of people – might, might think, okay, there's only one way to go. But no, there's so many different options. And like you said, entrepreneur, you you might have the passion for it. Do you have the talent? Might not always work out. And that's okay. There's another option too, working, and it depends on your lifestyle. If you well, want to, I mean, there's, there's a lot that comes with it. It's not always just glamorous to have your own company. Um, there's risk in it. There's lots of hours, even though you're going to work lots of hours regardless. Um, and you have to love it. You know, you can't just, this is what I'm going to do because it's not going to be easy. Um, so I, I, I think, I think, um, I think a question, uh, I don't know if we're getting off topic here, but, but I, I think a lot of times when people say, Oh, I, I want to go start a business. I want to be an entrepreneur. I go, okay, great. It, are you doing that because you want to do that or because you're trying to get out of things you don't want to do? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times it's in response to, well, I don't like my current maybe position or my management or whatever. And, and you're, you're changing this whole, you know, trajectory based on some, you know, maybe a bad experience or maybe a different situation. So I encourage people to, before you, oh, I just want to go start. Well, why? Well, because I just want to be free and I don't have people tell me what to do. Well, guess what? As an entrepreneur, I have everybody tells me what to do. Like, like the whole, like all the clients, all the, you know, all the team members, everything. So it's not... It's great. I love it. It's very rewarding. It's it's financially rewarding if it's done well. I'm not saying all that, but I'm saying if you're trying to get, oh, well, I just had this one experience and I just don't like that. And so I'm going to go this whole other route to avoid it. Eh, you might want to think about just maybe giving it another go um, in a different setup. So, hey, I, I worked on an internal corporate help desk and it was terrible and it was corporate and it was all, okay, well, I could see that. Well, don't just throw it all away. Go find maybe a service provider or an IT group, you know, maybe similar to us, you know, an outsource group. Go find them because they're going to have a different approach, a different learning path, and a different career path as well. Um, that brings to mind, I mean, if at all possible, I, I'm not against, you know, corporate IT in any way, but I, I think long-term, your, your opportunities for career paths and growth, if it's corporate IT, it needs to be a really big group. You know, like here in Nashville, you know, there's a little, little company, they run hospitals, HCA, right? Massive IT group, good group of people, and lots of opportunities. If you want to go be the IT director of a of a of a five provider practice, I mean, what are, who are you going to learn from? Where are you going to go? I mean, it's just there's not a lot of opportunity there, and so take that into consideration. A lot of people like, you know, the 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 one person IT, whether they call it a director, a manager, whatever, that's in that small group. I mean, typically there's not much of a career path there, um, and you can get stuck. And and that might be for honestly any career, even someone who's in healthcare as a healthcare admin, you're working for a small company, you know, the promotional aspects might not be there. 
but they might need you to come in to help them out. And so if you're someone starting your career, it might be good to get your foot in the door, but at the same time, you're going to cap your capabilities. Um, you're not going to have the availability to learn from a diverse group of people as much. So that's just something to consider, I think, on the IT side, health admin side, or anyone going into Well, any yeah. job. Like um, HIMS, HIMS seems to be a pretty good organization. Yes. Um, you know, HIMS is great, right? It's got healthcare, it's got IT. So it doesn't matter what side you're on, join up. It's like, I think we just read it. It's like, it's not expensive, no. right? It's $30 like a year. And, and go and network and meet other, I mean, it's really about networking and meeting other people. I do think folks discount that too. I mean, to take, you know, if you've got to take a day off to go to the HIMS conference, I promise you oh, it's worth your time. And, and tell tell who you're working with. They'd probably pay for it and be super happy you were going to do yes. it. Yes, and for people who don't know what HIMSS is, it's the Health Information Management Systems Society, and highly recommend it. I've been to two conferences so far. Um, I also was awarded one of the scholarships for the Virginia chapter HIMSS uh, for grad school, and so absolutely, oh, awesome. yeah, it's really cool. Really love um, the uh, the organization. Great way to meet people, um, especially if you're in early in your career connections mean everything and so um one great for healthcare great for it hymns if you haven't heard about it look into it memberships for students yep. are discounted um but yeah thank you for sharing about uh aspiring leaders how to get into the field and some tips and tricks for the sure. next question um this one's a little bit harder love to get your perspective on it is there something that you see um could be improved within the healthcare delivery system us or outside of it well, let's just focus on the U.S. because that's candidly what I'm most familiar with. Um, everything can be improved, right? Because because nothing's perfect, right? And we should never be satisfied with with how it is. Because if we if we got that way, we would be perfecting the ink used on our paper charts, mm -hmm. and obviously that's not what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so so I, I think I think just in business, you should always be improving and looking looking at things. Um, to get specific, kind of to bring it down though, to some actual recommendations, I, I think we're very, our information flows and our workflows haven't, haven't evolved digitally. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of practices, they, they're like running the same patterns in the same way that they maybe do scheduling and they do, you know, their revenue cycle, man, like there's, there's a lot of opportunity for increased efficiency just to have your information flow better. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you, a number of groups, I mean, they still live and die off email, which email isn't, email isn't bad, but, but, but email is not efficient at all for emailing. You know, if you're, if you are still emailing with attachments, come talk to us. Like you should never be doing that because that information, that means it has to come out of where it was, get in an email, go over it. I mean, it, that is horribly inefficient. So when you talk about efficiency, something as small as, and, and we're really big into the Microsoft ecosystem. But a proper Microsoft Teams implementation now, you know, I don't have a file share with all, you know, my billing folder and all the different, you know, we all see them, you know, the shared drive and it's got all the stuff and our workflow is we pull open the spreadsheet and then we look at this and then we move this document and then we go file the claim and, you know, all this different stuff. All of a sudden, you don't even have to change much other than just getting that information into a central place where I can share it and move it around without actually making copies of it everywhere, if that makes sense. Like something that easy. Um, you know, I'm not talking about outsourcing and a big effort. I'm just saying, hey, be more efficient with the tools that you have. Um, and, and now all of a sudden you're saving time, right? Physician burnout, practice admin burnout. I mean, it's, it's at all time highs as far as I understand yeah. it, right? And so if we 
can through some simple changes with technology get literally hours back in a week or a day from a practice admin or from a you know, provider can now have, they can choose to, to have more patient encounters or more quality patient encounters if they have more time. That's up to them, right? But your practice admin now all of a sudden is going to have time like to get to the, the 100 things that they needed to get mm-hmm. to, right? And so I, I don't know if that answers the question, but specifically with technology, I think if you focus on how are we how are we gathering and sharing and distributing information, or are we doing that efficiently? I think that's a that's some low hanging fruit in a number of practices. I agree, and I think that, I mean the big thing right now moving forward. It sounds like everyone wants to look into large language models, generative AI, and automation. And how do we do that better in healthcare? And um, there's talk. I think a lot of people are considering it and partnering with others. Um, but at the same time, I think there's so many areas where we need to improve. Is this really going to help? Or is it going to create other burden where you can say even the EHR systems moving from patient charts, it helped, but also it creates all new problems too. So it's finding that balance where you're alleviating administrative burden, physician burnout, um, Mm -hmm. but also making sure that you take into consideration it doesn't solve every problem. You need to make sure you have the workflows in place to help it succeed. And, and AI and, you know, so I believe, you know, Epic and Microsoft released a plug-in and so there's, you know, that's it's happening, right? Here's the deal. All, all the data in your EHR is in the EHR. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the fact that a lot of smaller practice data is not, it's, it's all over the place. So AI ain't going to help you if, if you can't point it to a place where all your stuff mm-hmm. is, right? Like, so, so I, I, again, I do go back to like crawl, walk, run, and step one is like, there's just, there's so, again, so many opportunities to just fix little things. Like, do we still have a file share? Is that how we're sharing files? Because that was like 1980, literally, that we started with that. Like there's, you know, it's cloud-based now. And, and anyway, you, now we don't have to back up this. Now as a provider or practice admin, I can access data from anywhere because it's in the cloud, you know, Microsoft Teams. So, so again, crawl, walk, run. And then at the end, yeah, sure, I'm sure we can turn on Microsoft Copilot, which is their AI that's going to start looking at all your corporate data and make good decisions. But the reality is, we call, it's the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Clothes, food, you know, food and shelter. The hard truth is that most groups from an IT perspective only have like one or two of those. I mean, like, we're still looking for water and, and a cave. You know, and that's, I'm not... But that is what we see over and over again, um, that that basic IT is not in place. And so, A, you can't do the fancy stuff until you've done the basic stuff. And B, the basic stuff has a huge ROI. So and thinking about the basic stuff and the need to start to crawl first, what type of conversations need to be having, like healthcare leaders need to have um, to make that first step, to make those changes? What, what do you think is, well, I mean, there's a, probably a lot of reasons why it's not working or we haven't progressed, but maybe in your perspective, what can we do to make that first step? What, what we see most often, and this is, it's true and somewhat self-serving, but what we see most often is that they, they, don't, they don't have a good advisor. They don't have, they don't have an IT strategy. IT is like, you know, other services. They just, it's like we had to check the box and we hired a group. And a lot of times there's been no thought of, you know, the practice, you know, we had the, the, the two man IT group that helped us out and they're really nice and we really like them. But, oh, when we started, we had two providers and now we have 10 and we've tripled in size. Well, and it's the same two folks. I mean, 
And a lot of times there's just not alignment with the level of um, IT provider or advice that they're getting in the size of their practice, mm -hmm. right? Um, especially, especially groups that grow. So we find that groups that grow, they quickly outgrow whatever IT it, you know, situation it was. And so you know, the questions that the leaders need to start asking is, okay, do you have an IT strategy and a budget? Or do you just have an IT budget? Like, do you even have that? And, and it's funny, a lot of the providers that are also partners in the groups, you know, they kind of don't. They're like, yeah, no, we've got an IT director. They handle all that. And I said, well, yeah, but they're not really, I mean, it's very reactive. And it's typically, unfortunately, that, that dynamic becomes them asking for money on a reactive basis and, and the partner slash providers pushing back because mm -hmm. because there's no it's not sold to them correctly there's no there's no ROI no, they need the long term strategy which isn't there so it's having those yeah so I, yeah I mean I, I think that's it I, I think it, it is long term strategy and again how would you come up with that internally or with the wrong partner mm -hmm. and you're, you're probably not um, a recent example that, that came up with us is I mean, it's a group it's just very profitable great group awesome group of people. But they had no long-term strategy, and so they're spending a, lar a, a large percentage of revenue. They're spending all the right amount of money on all these 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 efforts that are not linked to better outcomes for patients or moving their practice. I mean, it was, you know. But guess what? So now we're, we can get in there and we'll turn the ship a little bit. We're going to spend the same amount of money, but we're going to get like a you know a ten x return. And so already you know providers are like, oh wow, this is this is great. So. Um, Find, you know, find and find someone, go to Hims and go find, you know, there, there are a number of companies that do what we do. Obviously we, we do it really well, but there's a number of companies that do it. Go find it, go find a trusted advisor, uh, partner and just, and have a chat, just talk to them and try to open your, open your kind of thinking about how you're doing versus how you think you're doing versus how mm -hmm. it's really going on. Yeah, Does that make sense? That makes sense. And I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on this. And honestly, thank you so much for taking the time to share all your thoughts on all these questions and topics. But sure. before ending the podcast, um, I just want to say this has been wonderful. Um, and is there a way that anyone can stay connected with you after the show? For sure. For sure. Um, our marketing group makes it very easy to find me. Um, so um, Edward Stringfellow, um, I'm on LinkedIn. I don't know that there's a lot of me on LinkedIn. I think if you type in Edward Stringfellow on LinkedIn or you go to stringfellow.com, um, that's our website. And, and you know, there's all our socials and, and places to follow us. Um, and within reason, I love talking to people and helping them out. So I'm, I'm always available um, for, for a quick chat. Uh, you know, if you've got, got an issue, et cetera, you know, we've, we've got a whole team kind of that that's happy to, to facilitate this conversation. That's great. Well, on that note, I just want to thank all our listeners also for listening to today's podcast. Our podcast is brought to you by our sponsors, Riverside and Spotify, but podcasters to listen to more episodes, check out the link in my bio at health admin life on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube.